oh man, I just knew this conversation with my next guest was going to feel so incredibly good as she and I share similar backstories and our work is very, very similar. And I was so happy to run across her and to meet her and listen to her. And I felt like this is something that needs more airtime in the world. Like we really need to understand what it means to be emotionally abused because I believe this is a plague on the planet. It's happening more than we think it's happening. It's very covert and it's very hard to for others to identify happening in our lives because oftentimes we don't speak up about it. There's a lot of ins and outs to this conversation that I know if you're someone who is questioning whether you are being emotionally abused, we'll find so much validation in this episode. So I'd like you to meet Gloria Bettini. It was a cold Thursday in January, just a few years ago, when she packed her bags and walked out of her marriage for good. Gloria was with a toxic and manipulative partner for nearly 15 years, but it was the only last six months of the relationship did she realize that she was being psychologically abused. Gloria did her work to heal from the relationship with the narcissist, and after becoming strong, empowered, and free, she made it her mission to help as many women as possible break free from the mind-effing manipulations of a narcissistic partner. In this episode, we dive deep into narcissistic behaviors, understanding the narcissistic spectrum, why it's sometimes difficult to leave, what emotional abuse does to us, and the first step to breaking free. If you've lost yourself in a relationship, if your partner fails to take responsibility for their actions, is inconsistent with their affection, repeatedly cuts you down, and or gaslights you to death, you might be dealing with a narcissist. I sincerely hope this episode gives you the validation and a sense of, I'm not crazy I really am experiencing this. Without further ado, here's Miss Gloria. You are listening to the Sweet Empowerment Podcast with Kristen Brown, where we upgrade our relationships and life by applying practical ideas, universal truths, and life-changing inspiration. Let's go have some fun. I would like to give a big welcome to Gloria Bettini. Hi, Gloria. Hello. Hi, 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 Kristen. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, I love that. I'm so excited to have you. I was watching you on Instagram. I'm like, I love this girl. I love her vibe. I love everything about her. And I know that we're going to have such a powerful conversation. So let's just jump right into it. What share with us a little bit about your backstory that led you to helping others to heal from toxic, emotional and narcissistic abuse. Yes. So it, it, as, as I know, this is happens to, to pretty much every coach, but it starts with your experience, right? Uh, we uh, experience something and then we crack it and we're like feeling better and heal. And we feel this desire and urge to help other people do the same, right? Yes. Yes. And that's exactly what happened to me. I, um, I was in a, uh, first of all, in childhood, I really struggled with, I, I was bullied a lot. Um, so I, I really grew up with a very low self-esteem. Um, I grew up in a, in a culture that was very much about looks and about weight. You know, I, I grew up with those comments around me constantly. 
uh, which obviously affected my self-esteem and everything. And I do believe that in a way, um, if I hadn't experienced that, I would never have um, fallen into the hands of a narcissist. I believe, you know, I believe that everything starts very early in life. Um, But anyway, then I'm 18 years old and I am there with this very low self-esteem. All I want, I mean, everybody wants to be loved, right? At any stage of life. But when you're 18, it's like, I really want (laughs) to be loved, right? I really want to feel this, especially if you have been bullied a lot and this kind of stuff. So, um, uh, it happened. I meet this guy, uh, we're the same age and, uh, uh, he's like telling me everything that I've always wanted to hear. You know, you're beautiful. You're so special. I feel so great with you. I believe there's nobody else like you in the world. Like all those things. Oh, yes. And, uh, and I'm like, oh, wow. I, I found the person. You know, I, nobody ever understood me. I felt like, I felt like I could talk to him. Um, I felt like, so, um, uh, I felt like, like I mattered, mm-hmm. right. Like I, I felt very special, very important. Um, he was, you know, he was, uh, now I know that that's love bombing. Right. But then I didn't, mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't know what that was. So it was all about the big gestures. It was all about showing off, you know, how much you mean to them, how much I meant for him. And then uh, we stayed together for a very long time. And then after a few years, we had this sort of rough patch where I saw some behaviors that I said, not saw some, but I started waking up to a few things right I started observing a few things and not feeling quite all right with it and as I was starting to externalize those things I was shut down oh no you're imagining it no that's not how it went you know this is not how it works uh blah 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 until then I decided no this isn't this isn't gonna work for me and I decided to break up with him and this is about six years into their relationship um yeah, six years into the relationship, yes. And then we stay apart for like a month or so. And then um, he really is trying to like get me back big time. And he knows that I am not happy where I am, that I uh, really want to find a job for what I was studying, which was events at the time and everything. And I should say that I originally am Italian. Mm-hmm. and uh, I was still in Italy at the time now I live in London I've been here for the past 11 years um, so the situation in Italy with jobs after you get out of uni it's really tough there wasn't really very much opportunity so he came to me and he, he, he knew that I would love to have had an experience abroad and he said let's move away together I promise you I will change this is a real chance blah 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 so Okay, I was like, fine, let's try again. And I must say that in the first year or so, a couple of years, I felt like things were changing. Um, I do believe that it's also a result of the fact that we were away from family, living on our own for the first time. So in a way, you have to do certain things that you had not done before. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was a little bit of a disguise um, into the whole situation. I thought he had changed. He asked me to marry him. And I said, yes. And then when I said yes, uh, and then after the the wedding, everything really started to go 
bad yeah. really bad really really bad like I was literally alone in my marriage like completely alone gas lighted I did not matter every time I wanted to work on our communication was because I was but but you don't understand but this is the way it is but uh you know you're not this is not true you're inventing it you know like this kind of stuff um and I developed severe anxiety OCD I was really struggling I was married for about five years four and a half years and yeah I was really really struggling and I thought that my anxiety and OCD were related to my job because I had a really high pressure job. I, I was an events director in central London, really high, fast paced job. Um, so I thought that that was all, right. to, you know, that's where I could it. And I had OCD panic attacks all the time. Um, and during panic attacks, I used to get really upset because he would shout at me and I, yeah. And I would be like, I cannot help it. Like I'm not, I'm not faking anything. I literally cannot help it. And he would just be like, oh, stop with this bullshit. Like this, you know, this kind of stuff. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> and then I just, um, I decided that I couldn't cope with the OCD anymore. Uh, so I went and hired the life coach. She specialized in anxiety. Um, and I remember, this is 2016, and I remember one of the first questions that she asked me, she said, tell me about your relationship. And still to that point, I said, oh, no, thank God I have him. Oh, wow. Right? Wow. So I still wasn't mm-hmm. awake, right. right? I still hadn't opened my eyes to this thing um, completely. And then... 18 months, fast forward 18 months working with her, my OCD is almost gone. Um, and so is my anxiety. But the thing that OCD does and anxiety does as well, they keep your brain really fogged, right? They yes. keep you yes. from seeing stuff. 100%. Yeah. You're so much in your head. Um, so when that was gone, my brain had space. Uh-huh. And I could literally see clearly. And I was like, oh my God, this is actually happening. Like this is, you know, this, this is real. Like I'm not, I'm not imagining those things. And, and every single time I, I started, I realized I didn't know the word for it. Now I know that the word is gaslighting, but I started questioning those things when he was trying to change my reality. I would be like, that isn't what I said. Yeah. And he would try, no, that, that, no, I said that I never said this kind of stuff. Like you're telling me things that, and I could just literally like add up things that wouldn't like, wouldn't make sense. Right. So I tried, I started to like really see, um, until I was to the point that, you know, he, he's side of things really deteriorated. He started losing jobs. Um, he was a while without a job. Um, I just, that wasn't for family life. That really wasn't sustainable. Uh, so I tried really hard. Uh, I even said to him, let's go to therapy together. Let's try to resolve this. He said he didn't need that, that I was the one that needed it. Of course. Um, so I kept shocking. going. That's so <laughs> shocking. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I kept going to my life coach and I was like, brilliant this is making me feel great <laughs> and more and more empowered as I go so yeah I'm gonna keep going <laughs> if you uh-huh. don't want to 
this train. It's your loss, right? So anyway, so I got to the point where I could really see that our paths were completely like separate. Um, so I spoke to him and I said, look, I, I, I literally, I'm very honest. So I, I just said the way that I was feeling. And I said, look, I feel like we're going into completely different way, different directions. I don't know what to do. And he would just be like, no, but this is a phase, you know, it's ups and downs. It's going to go better, blah, blah, blah. I asked his family. Uh, I asked help to his, uh, for help to his family. I wasn't given any. Uh, long story short, comes January 2018 and I just couldn't do it anymore. And I just told them. And one of the most things um, that literally like made me go, wow was we're having an argument it's a Sunday we're having an argument and I just burst out I was like look I don't love you anymore I'm not in love with you anymore I feel like I am drained I've got nothing left to yes. give I don't love you anymore yeah his reaction was okay that was it his to you yeah. leaving he just said okay he said like oh okay and then the days after he went again with the love bombing and with really mm. emotionally, emotionally and psychologically abusive behavior of the narcissist. But right there and then he was just like, okay. Yeah. I mean, almost like he knew and he felt the same way, but then why are you not honest with me? Yeah. Yeah. Why? why are you wasting everybody's time? Like I'm here, try, I've tried for years to work on this and you're just there being like, yeah, whatever, <laughs> come on. Do you think though, Glory, that that's kind of, you know, let's talk about what really a narcissist is because I've noticed that so many people just want to throw the narcissism word around. You know, if anybody has a slightish inclination towards selfishness, people think that's narcissism. And I'm like, mm, to me, and I'd like to hear your thoughts on that. I see narcissism as kind of on a, on a sliding scale. Like you can have narcissistic traits or you can be one full-blown MF, you know, you could just be like, wow, what are you, you know, or it, it can kind of move around. And for me, I feel like, and I would love to hear your thoughts on this. It can feel like they can dip into it for a while and then pull out and then dip into it for like, it's, it's so mind fucking. Yeah, it I, is. I believe. So let's talk about like, what's the definition of narcissism? Right. So first of all, you're absolutely right. There's a huge spectrum. Mm -hmm. um, but also one thing that I really believe is that you don't need a diagnosis in order to recognize that somebody has abusive behavior, right? They'll never get diagnosed. So forget that. <laughs> You're not going to the doctor to get diagnosed. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's the um, last thing they'll do. Yeah, exactly. So uh, even if there are certain, let's say there's a number of different narcissistic traits or, or you know, narcissistic characteristics, which is, which could be, you know, the manipulative behavior, the gaslighting, it could be the love bombing, it could be the cycle, it could be the sense of, um, grandiosity that they have sense of superiority even if out of those like million things that they can have they only have one or two but it's still abusive behavior yeah it doesn't you know what i mean it doesn't it doesn't make it okay right it could just be oh but you know he's he's just doing that doesn't matter 
it's yeah. still not okay, right? It's still not okay. And I think what's really, um, what really infuriates me is the fact that society accepts it mm-hmm. to a certain extent. Yeah. And I've, I've helped so many women that have been in a narcissistic uh, work relationship, work environment, and it was okay. And they were made to feel a certain way because they had a narcissistic boss. That isn't okay. That isn't a high pressure job. That's not, that's a toxic environment. That's, yeah. which is like, anyway, um, yeah. uh, you know, definition of, of a narcissist. A narcissist is somebody that has a very inflated sense of self. Okay. They have this sense of superiority uh, where they need to, they feel above everybody else, right? They feel above other people. They feel that they should be treated in a different way, that they should be treated um, special. Um, yeah, that they should have a special treatment. Um, and they uh, have a profound desire to feed this sense of superiority, right? This, this inflated sense of self. And, and it's not about believing in yourself, Please don't confuse that. That's a very different story. It's confident is a, is a completely different thing. Uh, it's about having this constant supply of somebody that is always there to tell them how great they are and how much, uh, you know, th- they mean, oh, my God, you saved me. Oh, my God, you know. Um, and very often those people are empaths. The people who would feel who the narcissist choose to feed on are empaths because we want to constantly make everybody feel understood. Yeah, we're nurturers. Right, we're nurturers, correct. So they automatically get that from us because Mm -hmm. we're, right? Um, And And can I jump in there real quick? From the two that I have been, and believe me, I didn't automatically slap a label on them. Okay, I had other things that I thought they were, but as time went on and narcissists really became a bigger part of language and society and more common word out there. Cause it really wasn't, I mean, I'd learned about it in, in college, but when I really started to look closely and they talked about that, that, that grandness that they feel of themselves, the way the two that I was in contact with, so I really made sure that before I even thought that they're this, that I really thought they were this. So I, I do believe that I'm speaking about true narcissism here. But those two, they didn't walk around like they were hot shit. They didn't say it. Was yours saying it? Yeah. I think they just, they feel that everybody's beneath them or lower or something like that. Does that make sense? Because they weren't like, oh, I'm hot shit. I'm so amazing. It wasn't that. How do you see that? It's uh, yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, there is, uh, first of all, there's different, there's different types. There can be the narcissist that is extremely successful and puts this mask on as if they're perfect. They're not showing their vulnerability ever. You know, there's that type, but there's also the narcissist who, um, cannot keep a job, Mm. who will succeed at anything in life right mm-hmm. um so what's important here and and the main characteristics of of everybody is or every of every narcissist is the deep manipulative behavior right they would for them it's not about the relationship with the person 
it's not about it's not the person that matters is what they get yes like you were before i interrupted you we were talking about being the source so let's yeah. go into that yeah yeah it's about the sense that they get from them and in order to get that they use a very specific they put you through a very specific cycle that it, it, it uses this deep manipulation manipulation that then makes you lose your sense of self makes you lose the perception of reality because of this manipulation so i i'll, I'll explain it I, i'll give you exactly the example so so the narcissistic cycle starts with the love bombing so you're everything you're perfect um you know expensive gifts everything too soon. Uh, you're the person that I've been waiting for. My God, you're amazing. My life wouldn't be the same without you, blah, blah, blah. Very much, very soon. And you feel like you've almost been like, um, you know, in a tornado, you're like, what is this? <laughs> right. And for many women, that's, that's the sweeping off the feet feeling. And they look, I thought I won the lottery. Yeah. I literally was like, I won the freaking lottery. Yeah. All yeah. this pain in my past was for this moment. How yeah. lucky am I? Yeah. Biggest yeah, yeah. Trail, biggest tsunami of my life came from that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, the, and this is what this, what this love bombing does is it makes you feel in a certain way. And when you feel happy, when you feel that you're finally getting the amazing thing that you were waiting for, that's when you open up. That's when you're like, oh, I feel like this is the one, you know, I feel like this is amazing. I am just going to open up about my vulnerabilities because they're the one, right? Mm -hmm. This is where the dib uh, manipulation happens. When you open up, you give them access to your vulnerabilities, to your, not secrets, but yeah, to your most your intimate. Heart. Like literally your heart. Yeah, literally your heart. <laughs> Um, and that's when they, uh, the discard phase starts, right? So they, they do this self-bombing and then they start sort of kind of like distancing themselves a little bit, right? Sorry, not the discard, the devaluation. The uh, word? Devaluation. Oh, devaluation. The discard is later on, sorry. Uh, so the devaluation is when they start distancing themselves a little bit, but they start showing you something different, uh, but still going to appear less powerful than the love bombing you've just been through, right? So for example, they would start insulting you as if it was a joke, okay. right? Oh, but don't you think that that bum, you know, if, or if you're going to eat that cake, it's going to, you know, it's, you're going to get your bum, your bum is going to be, bum is going to be bigger. And you'd be like, why would you say something like that? Oh, I was just joking. Come on, don't take it so personally. Right. So, and, and, and that was just a, a silly example, but it could they be. suck you in and then they start cutting you down. Absolutely. By yeah. like, by like laser slices. Like it's not mm -hmm. whaps to the head. It's this mm -hmm. little tiny. Yeah. 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 And then they use, I mean, I mean, insults, these guys, these jokes is just one example, but they use comparisons a lot. So they'll be like, oh, look at that other girl. How is she wearing that? Or how is she doing that? Or their exes. Oh, my ex used to do that so well. 
you can't do that. You know, even when it comes to like, for example, I'm thinking like, Oh my cook- God, this was said to me yeah. over, I'm just going to say it over a blow job. Oh, well, yeah. so-and-so used to do it like this. I'm like, you're really comparing me to so-and-so. Well, guess what? You're not getting anymore. <laughs> I mean- exactly. Yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, so, so that's the devaluation, right? So that's when they start like distancing themselves, but distancing, like you said, in a very subtle way, you know, it's not about, they're not doing anything that's too strong. They're not doing, you know, they're just throwing in those comments, those things that are hurting you. But because you've just been through the love bombing phase, you're like, oh, they are just joking, actually. Yeah. Right. And part of the evaluation we can consider as well, the gaslighting, when you're like, oh, come on, I really don't appreciate you making those comments about me. And they're like, oh, come on, I never said that. You've heard a different thing. I didn't use those words. I used different words. This is not what happened, right? So they they distort your reality, mm-hmm. right? And because you've opened yourself up and you trust them, which you have done in the love bombing phase, you've opened yourself up in the love bombing phase. When they are doing that, you're like, oh, maybe it's just me. Maybe I am being too sensible. Come on, mm-hmm. you know? They would never, they showed me that they loved me so they would never do that to me must be me mm-hmm. right especially if you're an empath because you're oh, yeah. like oh my god is it me <laughs> everything like is it me is it me right mm-hmm. and then, uh there's a discard phase and the discard phase is where they literally either break up with you or for example my discard phase what happened to me wasn't uh breaking up um, for example, I was just, um, uh, he wasn't coming to sleep, um, in the same bed with me at night. So he would just stay up on the sofa, you know, on computer, whatever. And I had expressed this many, many times saying I didn't get married to sleep on my own, you know, like I, I don't want this kind of relationship. Mm-hmm. And like, oh, I have insomnia here and there. I was like, well, you could do something about your insomnia if you really cared about this, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so for me, that was a discard. The discard was like, that's it. I'm no, I'm no longer interested. I had what I wanted. I have my supply. You're there. I married you. So we are married. There's nothing that, you know, that you're not going to divorce. <laughs> you would think think but no goodbye I said anyway so um so so that that was the discard in my case in other cases they just go away they break up with you cheat on you yeah exactly cheat on you and all these kind of stuff but what happens and this is the real manipulation is that the cycle starts again yeah right yeah so then they would go from the discard and they they will suddenly pop up again. So for me, for example, he would come to bed for like two, three nights in a row and be all like, oh, you know, love birds and blah, 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 blah. And then this and then, then devaluate again and then discard again. So they restart the love bombing and then they keep you, they did the devaluation, discard again and again and again and again. Now to things about this this cycle um first of all each phase can last weeks months years 
There is literally no um, rule around that. Wow. The second thing about the cycle is the fact that you that are experiencing the cycle, you are being so deeply manipulated on a daily basis that it changes the programming of your subconscious. Mm. You start associating love with um, stress, with anxiety, with the ups and downs. So you think that in order for you to be able to have the love bombing phase, you have to go through the shit phases first because he is going to come back and be good again. He's going to have the good version of him showing up again, right? And suddenly you are subconsciously addicted to this. And I'm going to add to that because as an empath, you know, we, we want to help everybody. So, mm-hmm. oh, my poor sweet, he's only acting like this because he was adopted or he's, oh, he's only acting like this because he was bullied in school. If I love him enough, he's going to, yeah. I don't know if you had that stuff going on inside of you. I didn't mm-hmm. consciously have it in me, but I thought, you know, if I can just love him well enough, yeah. this will all smooth out. So I felt very easily sucked in back Mm -hmm. to the romancing stage, the charming Mm -hmm. stage, because it was like, oh yeah, okay. He's just, he's just gotten over his little moment of feeling insecure or what have you. And that's how, that's how I rationalized it in my head without knowing what was really going on. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Experience like that. Exactly the same here. Exactly the same here. I I, I saw things because obviously, I mean, I worked in events for 10 years, as I said, um, but I was always interested in how the brain works, in psychology, in mental health, this kind of stuff. It was always, it's always been a passion of mine. And so many people, when I studied events and communication, they're like, what are you doing? <laughs> Why are you not studying psychology? You're literally clearly like made for that. But clearly I had to wait in my life. Other stuff had to happen before I realized that that was my actually true path and true call um so so sorry so because I was always interested in those subjects I knew that that must have come from somewhere like right so and and a narcissist how does a narcissist become a narcissist often they are children of narcissistic parents it can be genetics it can be you know environment it can be very different things but I could see I could see that there were certain um dynamics in his family that I didn't know necessarily what the narcissistic abuse was at that time, but I could see that there were certain dynamics that weren't healthy in his childhood and stuff. So I did exactly what you said, like, oh, if I can only love him enough, if I can only show him that I actually can, you know, uh, that he's safe, you know, uh, that he can experience a good life and everything. Um, but I didn't realize that in order to do that, I completely said no to myself. Mm-hmm. Well, there's something that most of us know by now is that the, the narcissist really does suffer from extremely low self-worth. Yeah. Right. So at the bottom of all of this is an extremely low self-worth. And for someone like me, I call myself everybody's cheerleader. I mean, I'm always like, just the big love bomber. Yeah. Again, you're so great and you can do, you know, you can do it. You're so amazing. So when I noticed that in somebody that was me wanting to 
be like, oh, you know, I can help you build this back up again. But it was very different than someone who was, I don't know if the word's capable, but it's the word I'm going to use or mm-hmm. wanting to. It's different when somebody wants to, or is capable of, or isn't so far buried when you, you try to help them build their worth. Like you can kind of see them kind of growing. It's like, there's a, there's a healthier look to it than mm-hmm. what a narcissist is doing. Because at the end of the day, they want all this source, all of us, all of us giving the attention to them because they are so low and it is a bottomless pit that nobody can ever fill. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so where do you think? You said genetics or from environments, but it, have you noticed any traits that are really consecutive or, or things that have happened in their environments that would build a narcissist? Uh, I would say um, when it comes to children of narcissistic parents, yes, like a lot. Um, when it comes to children of narcissistic parents, there there's always the child that is the golden child. And there's always a child that is a scapegoat, right? So the golden child is the one that does everything perfect, that they are amazing and they, you know, can't do anything wrong. And the scapegoat is the one that does everything wrong. It's all your fault. You can never get anything right. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, Those two extreme uh, different behaviors from the parents can turn out uh, you know, the, the the golden child can then develop those um, expectations about themselves, right? And then become, develop narcissistic traits, but they can also feel the pressure and move away and recognize that their parents then are having uh, um, an unhealthy behavior. So they're moving away from it, right? So it's always... I don't know. I've, from what I've observed, is always about. It's always about the person. It's always about you know. Yeah. I always say this. I always say this, and 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 I know that. And people sometimes tell me, "No, stuff is not a choice in life. There are certain certain things in life that are not choices." I'm sorry. I strongly disagree with that. I really strongly disagree with that. Everybody has a choice every single day, yeah. right? You can. Do you really want to make that joke? Yeah really so hurtful for somebody else you have that choice Mm -hmm. and you can make it or not make it and I think that is the the different choice day after day after day then makes you have a different behavior in life and makes you become a different person but it's it's it always to me um I'm sorry but to me it always is down to choices well Uh, I think the same thing, because unless it's something with like schizophrenia or something that's truly a mental disorder, but they're they're calling this narcissistic personality disorder. So is this actually a mental illness? And I'm just asking, like, let's banter this back and forth. Like, is it literally a mental illness that you need medicine for? Or is that that you formed a groove in your brain? to get your needs met in a certain way. Mm-hmm. It feels like the latter to me, because I, I do mm-hmm. think they have, otherwise we're going into socio, sociopathy where they don't have any, um, what do you call it? What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, not empathy, where they don't have any, when they know they did something wrong, whatever that word is. Oh, okay. Guilt. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. where they, yeah, guilt and remorse. 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 They, don't, they don't have any remorse. That's, we're kind of going into 
so happy at that point, but I'm like, it's kind of right under that. And I'm with you that I feel like if, if they keep getting fed, they keep getting fed, they're not going to stop. Yeah. Somehow the stakes become high enough, then maybe they will look at themselves. And again, it is on the spectrum of how bad they are, you know, how, how toxic it really is, because I've seen where 80% 80% of, of the person was really great, but that 20% was toxic as hell. So the person mm-hmm. had like so much of this good person, but there was this, and it was really destructive. And that mm-hmm. was a tough place for that person to navigate because they didn't really like, there's so much good when, yeah. is it, you know, so I just, I know mm-hmm. this, I don't want to say this all to confuse people because my hopes in this is that, that people understand that if it's abuse, it's abuse. Yeah. Like Gloria said at the top of the hour, she said, listen, it doesn't have to be gnarly for mm-hmm. it not to mess you up. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and you don't deserve it. Correct. Oh goodness. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because also another thing that they do, and thank you for saying that, um, is they will also make you think that you provoked it. Oh yeah. You know, they also make you think that what is happening is your fault. Uh, well, hadn't you done that? I wouldn't have done that as, as a, you know, as a, as a consequence. Um, no, that's bullshit. I'm sorry. That, that, and this is, and this is, yeah. And this is again, where I'm saying that it's all down to choices. You know, I've, I've worked yeah. with so many women in the past two years that I can, all, I can honestly tell you, like, even people with narcissistic parents, um, you know, and, and, and a lot of my clients do, um, you know, I've worked with people who have made the choice to walk away. I don't want that in my life. I don't want to become that. I don't want to have that influence. And some of my clients have left their families when they were teenagers mm-hmm. because they didn't want to be sucked in to that. Mm-hmm. So if a 16 year old, if somebody has the choice you know, if somebody has um, is is driven to make that choice of going away, mm-hmm. the therapist must also be driven to choose that that's the better reality for them, mm-hmm. right? Yes. And I and definitely when there's a personality disorder involved, it's a different thing for sure. Like you know, uh, and I know that it's very rare, very very rare, but there are some narcissists that would go and seek for help. Um, and I believe I'm not a hundred percent sure of this, but I believe that some can take, um, some meditation medications and stuff like that. So I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I believe that there's a course of action like that as well. Once you have a full personality disorder diagnosis, but as we said, the spectrum is so big and some of those things are so accepted by society that you most likely never get a diagnose, mm-hmm. you know? And, and so then if you can only, what are, how many traits that somebody needs to have in order yes. to get a diagnosis, right? How many traits, how many things need to happen before you, before it is acceptable to call it abuse? In my opinion, uh, you know, the first thing, <laughs> the first thing is that it's, you know, abuse is abuse. There is absolutely no question about that. That's so great that you said that because I came to that conclusion myself because Mm -hmm. there, you know, it's like, oh, so he called me a name or, you know, I'm talking throughout my lifetime or, oh, this one did that or, oh, this one did that. It was, 
it was very difficult for me to name it abuse because I felt like it didn't cross a threshold. I felt like it had to be really bad for in order to call it abuse. At this age right now, I'm like sister or brother because men are dealing with this too. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's like, listen, that is abuse. And they just stare at abuse and they're like, but nope. I mean, (laughs) we have to name it. You don't have to make a decision at that point, but name it, claim it. This is what's happening because we're loving ourselves in that moment, just by recognizing that's abuse. We're, we're, we're changing the automatic pattern that we've been in of just accepting the BS. And all of a sudden we're like abuse. Okay. Abuse. And it, we have to let that sink in because there's also, I believe, I don't know with you, but in my particular case is that I was kind of used, I grew up with four brothers. They weren't abusive. I, well, one would used to be rough with me. We're great friends. It's, we have an awesome family, but it's kids stuff. So I was kind of used to rough stuff and used to being called names because my brothers would call me names. And, and so if a boyfriend called me a name, it didn't stand out as weird because home called me names. Yeah. So we can tend to, you know, think it's okay because home was mm-hmm. like that in a way, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so I wanna, since we're running out of time, Gloria, I want to, which of course I knew this, this would go by like 30 seconds. <laughs> Let's just talk to the person who is having some aha moments right now. It makes me tear up. I feel so, I'm, I'm a mush, but I feel so sensitive to people that are putting up with this stuff. It, it just, I want to grab them, put them on my lap, the empath and lover that I am. And I want to say, you deserve better than this. So if someone is starting to wake up to this, cause you're right, it is absolutely a waking up. It's like your eyes start to just, you're like, am I seeing what I'm seeing? What would you recommend as like the, the next best step? Like, what can they do? They not yeah. even sure they want to leave, but they yeah. kind of are leaning that way. They know they feel icky. Like, what would you suggest? Yeah, thank you for asking me this. I think it's, uh, I think it's really important. Um, first of all, um, if you're listening now and if you have some questions popping up, definitely go and do some research get yourself familiar with what this is and you'll see that if if some questions are popping up now it's very likely that this is what you're experiencing um so you know go do some research see exactly what is involved and i have loads of stuff about that raises awareness on my own instagram so if you want to come over there and go through all my videos on there i have is it is it at Gloria Bettini? Is that your Instagram? Yeah, my Instagram is at and Gloria. It'll be in the show notes too, y'all. Brilliant. So uh, so if you want to come over there, I have loads of videos that literally explain to you the behavior. There's a whole vocabulary around narcissistic abuse that it's really hard to understand at the beginning. But I've done loads of little short videos that actually tell you what each thing is. So if you want to go over there and just get yourself familiar a little bit with what each behavior is and what it means, um, I think that the the opening yourself up to the awareness, that's definitely the first step. Um, And then uh, give yourself time because it isn't about changing. You know, I discovered that this is happening and I'm going to live tomorrow. That's unrealistic. 
Okay. The best thing that you can do right now, if you realize that this is happening to you, start working on yourself, start giving yourself time just for you. And I want to share something that helped me a lot uh, when I was going through all this. Um, Yes, I had my OCD, which was the main reason why I hired my life coach. But in the meantime, I had cut out. I had decided that I was going to do something for myself every day and just to nurture me. You know, at that point, I was like, I don't care. I need to get healthy myself. I need my mental health to be on point and I need to do something that is just for me. And I've always loved reading for years, I had stopped reading and I decided that um, I was going to dedicate my commute to work, which was about 45 minutes on the bus every morning and every evening to reading. And I was just reading book after book after book after book after book. But that's an activity that, first of all, allowed my mind to just go somewhere else. Right. I didn't have to think about anything. I was just immersed in those um stories. Uh, but it's also something that I've always loved to do since I was a child. So it, it gave me that nurturing, that inner child nurturing that I needed. Yeah, isn't that fascinating? Absolutely. Yes. And I tell you that the more things you do for yourself and to nurture the relationship that you have with yourself, the stronger you will become. So it doesn't have to be an hour. It doesn't have to be two hours. It doesn't have to be half an hour. But if you have 10 minutes, use 10 minutes. If you have five minutes a day, use five minutes a day. But just cut out some time to spend with yourself yes. and put yourself first and don't share that with anyone. Mm -hmm. Don't share it with a narcissist. Make it your thing. Yes. They don't know because if the moment that they know, they will start attacking it. And they start making you feel guilty for doing it. Mm -hmm. So just keep it for yourself, you know? And I remember, because I was reading, as I said, I was reading a lot. I was buying books. And all the books that I was buying, he was constantly criticizing. He was saying, why do you read this bullshit? Why do you? And I was like, I just enjoy fucking reading. Can were I just, you, <laughs> you know? Self-help books or were they novels? Uh, they were, I'll tell you, this is fascinating. I do believe that I believe in the law of attraction so much and manifestation so much. Mm -hmm. And I was attracted to books of people about people that were struggling with mental health. Wow. Uh, it was all about teenagers or people in their marriage or some, and I, this is me being unaware at the time, right? Yeah. I and then I looked at it for years and I'm like, oh my God, this is what I was reading about. I was reading about stories about people that were making it, that were struggling with some sort of like mental health, uh, you know, um, struggle that had some sort of mental health struggle or emotional struggle and how they were going through it. And it was so fascinating when I made the connection. I was like, oh my God, that you, yeah. you literally give yourself what you need, right? Yes. You just naturally attracted to what you need. Yeah. Um, and I do believe that if you are here today and if you are listening today, and especially if it's something that came out of the blue and you've just been attracted by the title on there, I do believe that there's a reason why that 
you're here and maybe it's not for yourself maybe because you have somebody else that you know that might be going through this uh, but there is always a reason why something pops in your life and maybe you need to hear it um so yeah so the the two things that i would say it's definitely get yourself familiar with what narcissistic abuse is read about it and then dedicate some time for yourself every day as i said i read if you enjoy baking do that if you enjoy running do do that do something that made you happy when you were a child um because that's going to make you feel safer which is what you need when you are in an abusive um emotionally mentally or physically abusive relationship is to for you to feel safe and it's going to start to build rebuild your sense of self-worth because it's been remember laser sliced just laser sliced off for for years and you we don't even realize how depleted we are but when we start refilling that because sometimes it's very difficult it's like just like with physical abuse you're yeah. so you're so depleted you there's really nothing left you're a shell and you can't you can't even muster up the strength to pack a bag to leave and so many people judged abused people and that's something that I'll stand on the mountain about because unless until you're in that space you don't get it and yeah. same thing with the narcissist until you've dealt with this someone won't get it unless you've had this exact experience. But I feel like what Gloria is saying is, is that knowing that, okay, I'm with this narcissist, I'm discovering this, I've researched this, this is making perfect sense. Now I need to look at me and how do I feel about me? And I'm really depleted. I am really depleted. So when you start to fill that back up again, what you, what you're also doing, you're getting your strength back. You're putting some veggies in your body. And I don't mean this literally, you're putting some proteins like on naked and afraid when they finally get to eat some fish, they're like, I can feel this filling my body. And then they have the strength to go on again. Same thing. What she's saying is you fill, fill that worthiness cup, start building yourself back up through this self-nurturing. And that's going to give you the strength if, or when you do decide to leave. Otherwise we're just like this, the shell yeah, absolutely. And sometimes it also takes building up that strength to ask for external help. Yeah. It might be that you do feel like external help is needed, but at the moment you don't, that's not the right time for you. That's why I'm saying start small baby steps. Remember, like this is about baby steps. It's about doing one thing for yourself every single day. And by the end of the year, you would have found three, 365 things that have filled your cup mm. and you will 365 times stronger for that mm -hmm. and when you are ready to seek external help I can tell you that the help of a coach the help and also you know you can go to a therapist a psychologist a coach it has to resonate with you it has to be the right help for you right um I tried to go to therapy it wasn't working for yeah, me I hear that a lot you know it didn't it wasn't for me. Um, the moment I start working with a coach, it completely changed my life. But I know other people that, you know, no coaching didn't work. So they prefer to, to go to therapy. But, you know, it's just find something that resonates with you. Find the person that you're like, oh, actually, I feel like I vibe with that person. I feel like I want that person in my life. It will make my life better if I wouldn't, if I were to work with that person. Yeah. So find, find that connection. You know, it doesn't have to be one thing. And there's also many, many spiritual ways as well. I, I've, I know of people healing from narcissistic abuse in spiritual ways with spiritual practice. 
Mm-hmm. So initially, like if, if there was one size fits all, there would be, but there's so many different healing practices that you can literally just choose whatever yeah. best for you. Um, I'm conscious of time, I know, but I just want to say something because this is experienced by literally 99.9% of the people that I talk to, of my clients and everyone. Um, one of the uh, main things in the aftermath of narcissistic abuse is a complete loss of identity. Okay. You do not recognize who you are. You don't know what you like anymore. You don't, I've had many clients are like, I'm in a shop. I have to buy clothes or I have to buy dinner and I don't know what I want. Okay. This is the result of that as well. So if you feel like you don't know who you are anymore, if you have a, a, a vague memory of who you were, um, please know that this, this is what happens when you go through something like this. It literally takes away your sense of self, takes away your identity. Yeah. Um, so, so please know that that feeling that you're having, uh, it's normal. And, and, and it can be healed. Yeah. And I want to add one more thing too, is the shame that you might feel about this. A lot of people are ashamed. Like, I don't even want to tell anybody that this is what my partner or husband is like, and it's embarrassing and you made a mistake. And this is what we're thinking. And, oh my God. So we build up all this shame about it. So we tend to stay quiet about it. I really want people to give themselves permission to know that they didn't know that they've been duped, that they've been conned, that it's nothing to do with you. Before I knew the term narcissist or really embodied that I called it a con artist. I couldn't mm-hmm. see it any other way because I felt like it was a con, like you're selling one thing, but you're something else. Mm-hmm. It felt like a con to me. So the best of us are conned. I, I, you know, I know human nature inside it out. I am a empath, energy reader, intuitive, and I was conned. It's yeah. possible and it's okay. And I want to take the shame off of this. If you are feeling shameful, give yourself permission to know that you just didn't know that you were duped by the best of them, but now you do know, and it's about to, it's, you can rise back up again. You can heal from this. You can go on to have an amazing relationship in your future. This is not going to define you. You just got sucked into this trap like Gloria and I both and millions of other men and women have been sucked into. So mm-hmm. please just try to understand that you're okay. It's okay if you've experienced this. There's nothing wrong with you because you've yeah. experienced this. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I I completely, completely agree. I myself didn't say anything to my friends and family until I left. Me too. That felt comfortable. I was like, I called my mom and I was like, mom, I'm getting a divorce. And she was like, what? Like I completely out of the blue for her. And that's when I opened up, but I had to feel comfortable myself first. And it took a long time. Oh, go ahead. But after that, I have one more question. No, that's it. Yeah. So, so it took a long time before I I got there. Yeah. Did, did your ex have your family and friends duped? Because a lot of times they're like, what do you mean? So, so is amazing. We love him. And like, they can't even wrap their head around what we're saying. Have, did you have that experience? I didn't. However, um, two things happened. So earlier on in the relationship, he started telling me that the people around me weren't good enough. 
my mom didn't have the best interest mm. for me. My mom has narcissistic traits as well, by the way, but he would put me against her. Uh, he would say that my friends were stupid. Uh, you know, he would literally like belittle um, the people around me, the people that, that I that I valued, you know, the people that were my best friends and, and my, my close circle. Uh, and then when I when I left him um, that I that I spoke up, I spoke to my family and I spoke to my friends. Everybody told me that they never liked him. Oh, wow. OK, so they noticed. Yeah. And, and no, in my situation, they were like, no way, no way. I'm like, way. And there, one person said to me, can you believe this? Because the charm was so real. Come on, you had to have done something. I'm like, yeah. I, I mean, I was absolutely blown away. I'm like, I'm listing off this yeah. stuff. And, and this person was so, what happened there, just so listeners might understand is that that person, my family member was embarrassed because they were duped. So they're yeah. like, no, 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 this can't be real because it made them feel embarrassed for being sucked in by this person too. So just know if you're not going to get the kudos and the, oh, we see it too. And the validation right away from your family, that doesn't mean it's not real. Trust yeah. yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. Trust yourself. And you always have that little voice within um, that tells you that something is off. Yes. Listen to the voice um, because that's the intuition that they are trying to shut off. Yes. They are trying to, to, to suppress that they are trying to make you suppress that because if you don't, you are going to open your eyes and you want to, you're going to walk away and you're basically going to unmask them. Yes. Something that they don't want They never want. No, no, so, no. So listen to the voice. So Gloria, let's real quick. We're at the end of the hour. Can we, can you share with us where they can find you? We talked about Instagram, but maybe throw out your handle, throw out your website and uh, you know, a freebie that you might have available, how to contact you. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. So if you want to know more about this, as I said, I have loads of free content on Instagram. My handle is at Gloria Bettini. Um, and over there, you can find all my links as well to my website. I have a free download, which is literally a guide on how to get over a narcissist for good. And I cover all of the red flags, all of the behaviors, all of the ways that you can, not all of the ways that you can, but at least three ways that you can break up with a narcissist. And then the whole process of healing what's involved and what are the different stages and stuff. Um, so it's, it's really, it's really good. I'm very proud of that. So if you want to go, it's a free download. You can get there um, on my links. I also have a membership for survivors mm. and uh, I, I have a group of women that have all been through this. Uh, as we, Kristen and I were saying, it's very hard to explain to people what you've been through. And a lot of people won't understand it. And that's why I created this survivors membership because I wanted women to have, this is for women only. Um, and I wanted them to, to have a place where they felt understood, where they, yeah. if they were to come on and say, Oh, I can't go no contact. I can't do this. I can't, they had a safe place where people would understand the reasons why they cannot do that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have coaching calls every month, um, where, you know, we go through the, the different healing process and stuff. So yeah, we have a group chat as well. So you're more than welcome to have a look at that as well. If you feel like this is something uh, that floats your boat. Um, but otherwise, please message me on Instagram. I'm literally 
there all the time. And I love chatting to people. Um, you don't have to be my client to <laughs> reach out, to be honest with you. I'm not one of those. Uh, if you have any questions, please do. I'm super happy to help. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Gloria, for being here. I love the work you're doing in the world. You're the real deal. Beautiful inside and out. I just really appreciate you for being a guest here today. Thank you. Right, I catch you. Thank you so much for having me. I hope you all enjoyed this interview as much as I did. And if you did, I would sure appreciate it if you jumped over to iTunes and left me a five-star rating and review. And don't forget to share it with someone that you love. Until next time, everyone, remember, you matter.